Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Continue our 2023 opponent preview series. We're talking the back-to-back national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, as the Gamecocks head to Athens, Georgia, week three for their SEC opener. And who better to help us break down the back-to-back national champs than Wes Blankenship 
of Dogs HQ. Wes, appreciate you taking the time, man. It is a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, likewise, Chris. Thanks. Absolutely. So let's, before we look ahead to this season, everything Georgia has returning, what they're looking forward to, let's look back at last year. Obviously, Wes, a fantastic season yet again under Kirby Smart, 15-0, 8-0 in the SEC. You take down LSU in the SEC championship, then take down Ohio State in a thrilling game in the semifinal before blasting TCU 65 to mother effing seven, as the bumper sticker says, to win back-to-back national titles. Just talk about the 2022 dog season. I mean, again, there were some, I say ups and downs. There was some adversity for sure, but Georgia, at the end of the day, stood atop the mountaintop as the best team in all of college football. Yeah, well, last year you had a team that was coming off its first national title since 1980, and you had a lot of guys who just tasted that success, and a lot of them left. They went to the NFL, uh, and a lot of them were on defense, several first-rounders there. And so while Georgia had a lot of talent, you had some guys that were still figuring out how to play uh, the kind of football that Kirby Smart wants them to play. Now, you did have a lot of consistency on offense, and I think that helped carry this team. And Stetson Bennett really just embraced the guy that that he ended up being as a back-to-back offensive MVP in national championship games and uh, in college football playoff semifinal games. So he didn't really have moments where he was putting the team in peril. Now, there were games like against Samford and Kent State in Missouri where the offense maybe came out a little bit uh, sluggish and thinking that they were just going to roll over the team that they were facing on the other side of the field. Um, but as the season went on, I think you saw Stetson Bennett take a, a turn and, and turn a corner specifically in that Tennessee game where he did make the plays to win Georgia football games. And he did that against Ohio state. Um, and, He did it against TCU, but it's not like it was ever in doubt. But along the way, it wasn't just Stetson Bennett. It was young guys on defense that had to figure out how to consistently play well. I look at a guy like Malachi Starks, who was a true freshman, and he had a really acrobatic, freakish interception against Oregon and Atlanta in the first game of the year. And from that point on, the bar was really high for that kid. But he had his own ups and downs as well. Uh, specifically when I look at the LSU game in the SEC championship, Georgia gave up 30 points. And yeah, they scored 50, but giving up that many points was pretty uncharacteristic. And LSU was better than a lot of people expected, and and they made it to Atlanta on their own merit. But they tested that freshman a lot. So that was just one example on Georgia's defense where week in and week out, I don't think they had the ironclad grip on offenses that that 2021 team did. So this season, I expect Georgia's defense to look a little bit more like that 2021 team. I don't know if they'll be quite as good because that is a historically great defense. But I look for this season as it relates to what happened last year. You're going to have to replace Stetson Bennett uh, with Carson Beck, presumably. And you're replacing your offensive coordinator as well as Todd Munkin went to the NFL. Now, it's not fully a, a total overhaul because Mike Bobo was an offensive analyst with Georgia the year before, and he obviously has familiarity in Athens and with Kirby Smart as well. So typically, if you're replacing an OC and a quarterback in the same year, that's a lot of question marks to uh, to try to overcome. But 
because Georgia was up so big in so many games last year, Carson Beck got a lot of experience. So when you look at the 2022 team as it relates to this year, I think the story of last year was, as you mentioned, Chris, there was more adversity on the schedule than there was in 2021, save that SEC championship loss to Alabama. Uh, the Missouri game on the road is always proven to be tough for Georgia at night. The Tigers just seem to have Georgia's number in uh, the other Columbia when Georgia goes on the road there. But other than that, and, you know, just a kind of lackluster game against Kent State, it was just a young team that was really talented and didn't have the game experience to really put the the pedal to the metal in every single game that they played. I think this year, especially with that schedule, as light and as soft as it is, I think you could see a little bit more of a 2021 echo with this team. And Wes, we'll definitely get into that later in the show. You mentioned Kirby Smart, excuse me, entering his eighth season. And anytime your head coach wins a national championship, much less wins back-to-back, the approval rating is going to be through the roof. But, you know, I'm curious, entering year eight, I mean, now the expectations, right, of course, going into this year, as they should be, it's national championship or bust, but... It feels like right now Kirby Smart's biggest challenge is we sit really on the eve of SEC media days. And Wes, you know as well as I do, as much as he wants to talk football, the questions are going to be everything off the field. And it feels like that is what he is, you know, really more so tackling right now. The questions for Georgia, they're not on the field. They're off the field. So talking about Kirby Smart specifically, you know, I I normally ask people I have on what's the coach's approval rating, but I would imagine it's pretty high. But your overall thoughts on just – the job Kirby Smart has done going into his eighth season and this new, I think, new task he's having to tackle, which is more so related to off-the-field type of issues. Yeah, I think everything that's happening off the field, and we'll break that down, it's the speeding, it's the the tragic wreck after the national championship, and this most recent, I guess, off-the-field issue is the battle with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, If you want to call it a battle, Georgia recently had its own uh, press conference by invitation only to select members of its media uh, beat beat crew. And they let them know, hey, we do not approve of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's most recent article that tries to make it look like Georgia approves of uh, sexual assault and allows players to get away with it and not only allows players to get away with it, Uh, The AJC implicated Georgia and alleged that they rally around the players that are accused of that. And Georgia very sternly defended itself against that and let the AJC know through a letter demanding a retraction because uh, Jake Rowe, who I work with at dogshq.com, did a great job. He just found the police report of the, uh, the case that the AJC wrote about. Jamal Jarrett was the player in question. And they tried to connect some dots that I think when you read the police report, uh, you see that the AJC kind of editorialized a little bit too much and tried to connect some dots that maybe weren't there. So all of that to say, Georgia's off-the-field issues are kind of all getting lumped together. And the driving, the speeding, all that stuff is fair game as far as I'm concerned. And Kirby Smart said he doesn't know how to do much more than he's done. He's had people come in to speak to the team before this was a noted issue to let them know that, hey, uh, speeding, for whatever reason, in this age group of players that, that Georgia is coaching, it's been a really big deal, not just at Georgia, but around the country. 
people burning out in the road and, and viral videos and that kind of thing. So they've had people come in and say, don't do this. Kids are going to be kids, though. And they're going to have an iron foot at time, a lead foot. And they're going to put that pedal down and drive really fast, especially with a lot of the NIL-fueled cars that they have. And Kirby doesn't want to blame NIL for that. I would say that it's at least a factor that these kids are basically driving race cars uh, if they're able to get them through their NIL deals. It's a factor. It's not the cause, but it's a factor. So separate that from this most recent report from the AJC. And unfortunately for Georgia, they have to take on all of it. Some of it's fair. Some of it's true. Some of it, maybe not as fair as the other stuff is. But you're right. Kirby's going to have the answer for all of that. And I think what Georgia did by having its uh, beat reporters that cover the team day in, day out, and week in and week out and letting them know and sending that statement to the AJC, I think Georgia wants to try to at least send the statement that we're trying to put this behind us right now and actually focus on football and heading into SEC media days. I think Kirby, he won't deflect. He won't run from the questions. But at a certain point, he will say, hey, our legal team's handling this as much as they can, and we've made the statement to the AJC that we can. So as far as the job that Kirby's done overall, this is part of it. And whether or not this happened this offseason or not, Georgia's biggest battle this offseason was going to be Georgia because you have a lot of players now who have two rings on their fingers. And that is just going to breed entitlement. It's going to breed complacency because it's human nature. So this offseason is Kirby Smart's toughest job to date. It was already going to be tough. And then you have all this other stuff that he's got to figure out and, and lead and lead from the top. Now, the encouraging thing, if you're a Georgia fan listening to this, I don't know how many are, but uh, Georgia's player leadership has stepped up in the past few weeks and let people know, hey, guys, you're not honoring Devin Willock's life you're not honoring Chandler LaCroix's life when you continue to go out there and speed. Now, there was a, an upperclassman that just got busted for speeding pretty quickly. Marcus Rojmi Jack Saint, a wide receiver. And there was a true freshman, Mark uh, Samuel Mpimba, that came in. So you got two ends of the spectrum there. You've got a guy that should know better, and they should both know better. But you've got a guy that maybe younger kid, doesn't fully get the picture, wasn't with the team all year last year. And he comes in and he's driving fast. And I think Georgia has to have players lead in this avenue too. And not just Kirby Smart. He's accountable for it, no doubt. But the best teams that Kirby Smart's coached have really good players that lead too. So they're going to have to step up and, and lead in this avenue as well. Wes, let's get to on the field. Obviously, so many storylines off it, tons on it as well. We'll start with the offense, as you mentioned Mike Bobo returns to Athens as offensive coordinator. And I'll tell you this, Wes, I've, I've warned Gamecock fans because Gamecock fans love to throw stones and throw shots at Mike Bobo. Obviously, he had the stint in Columbia. But I say get him in while you can because you look at Georgia's offense last year, I believe it was 41.2 points per game they averaged. The last time Georgia averaged higher than that was 2014 when Mike Bobo was the offensive coordinator. So he's had some success in Athens. Carson Beck, obviously the big storyline. 
taking over as QB1. You get Brock Bowers back, who I think for my money is the best tight end in college football. You added Dominic Lovett at Mizzou, Ra-Ra Thomas from Mississippi State from the portal at wide receiver. Lad McConkey returns. You mentioned Marcus Rosemary Jackson. He's also back. Kendall Milton at the running back position, averaged seven yards per carry, 592 yards, eight touchdowns last season. You are replacing both offensive tackles on the offensive line, so that's a big storyline, but three of five offensive linemen are back, and obviously Georgia has recruited at an extremely high rate, not just there, but every position on their roster. So talk about this Georgia offense going into 2023. Obviously, the big storylines, Carson Beck taking over as QB1. I think we'd probably all agree that when it comes to talent, he probably has more of that than Stetson Bennett had, but I think it's unfair to, and I know everybody loves to, you know, take their shots or devalue what Bennett did, but you got to think he was the guy that was running that thing for the last two seasons when Georgia won it all. So talk about that. Of course, Mike, Mike Bobo at OC, but what you expect the dogs offense to look like this season. I, I expect it to look pretty similar to what Todd Munkin was running last year. And I say that kind of with an asterisk because Todd Munkin was very quick to give Mike Bobo a lot of credit last year too. As the offensive analyst that was kind of working behind the scenes, I think what you saw from Georgia's offense wasn't obviously all Mike Bobo's ideas, but Mike Bobo injected a lot of what he knows about offenses into Georgia last year. And you can't ever compare coaches to previous stops. Uh, because it's a totally different situation, totally different players, different leadership, and different experiences. So I certainly don't expect Georgia to take a step back on offense. Um, You're right about Carson Beck having more talent than Stetson Bennett. It's just there. It's more raw. He's bigger, got a bigger arm, throws it a little bit harder. But a lot of those narratives about Stetson Bennett, if you pay attention to what people are saying at Uh, LA Rams camp right now Stetson Bennett is spinning it out there too so I don't know that the drop-off will be there I'm curious to see from Beck's perspective what made Stetson Bennett so successful was that chip on his shoulder and got him in trouble sometimes but it also fueled him and propelled him to do really well and I haven't seen that from Carson Beck yet no one's seen it yet does he have it Will he even need it? He'll need it if Georgia makes the playoff. He'll need it, you know, Georgia makes the SEC championship game because the competition is always tougher there. But no one's ever seen Carson Beck on the road in the SEC have to lead his team to a win. It hasn't happened yet because he's been behind Stetson Bennett. I'm not saying he can't prove it, but that's going to be interesting for me to see is how Carson Beck leads this offense with all the weapons you mentioned and behind an offensive line. Yeah. You look on paper and you see they're replacing the tackles, but what Georgia does is they cross train everybody on their line on offense and, and, and defensive groups as well. So they cross train guys. So players in front of Carson Beck have experience whether or not they were starters last year. So I'm not so much worried about that. I just want to see, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how much of an in-game rock star Carson Beck can be because Stetson Bennett was that for Georgia when Georgia needed it last year. And uh, I don't know. I want to see how Carson Beck handles that on offense, the transfers that you mentioned, Dominic Lovett. We're hearing a ton about him. He is 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fitting right in. I, I talked to him at a charity golf thing uh, in May, I believe. And... I kind of it kind of blew me away because I was just asking him about transferring in and he was he was just saying we you know my team our team we we expect this here at Georgia and I know he's on the team obviously but usually you expect transfer guys to be a little bit more reticent to kind of adopt their surroundings and adapt to their new teammates but Dominic Lovett seems like he's been at Georgia for years he's excited to be here and I think that's reflecting in his play. And it adds an element to the offense with Lad McConkey, who's very shorthanded, uh, quick guy. You want to talk about game speed and, and players that Georgia evaluated that not a lot of other programs really saw. Lad McConkey has a lot to prove this year. Um, and he does each and every year. And it's not, he doesn't have a lot to prove because he hasn't done it yet. It's just because people continue to doubt him. And NFL scouts are like, hey, don't sleep on this dude. He could be a, a top three-round NFL draft pick if things can continue to go well. So the pass catchers are insane. They're as, as deep as Georgia's ever had. They had to kind of shake the the uh, the label of just being a run-first team, and that hurts Georgia in recruiting. Georgia doesn't throw the ball around. You know, their game manager, you know, their, their clock managing team, but that's not what Kirby smart wants to be anymore. And and anyone who still thinks that about Georgia isn't paying attention because Todd Munkin instilled that left the notes behind for Mike Bobo to elevate it. So you've got deep uh, receiving core with Dylan Bell. He was a freshman last year. He's really talented. I mean, it just goes on and on. And Georgia doesn't typically have that at the receiver group. They, you know, maybe they have a George Pickens, who is a stud, but after that, it's just kind of by committee. That's not what Georgia's receivers are this year. And it's not just Brock Bowers either. It's Oscar Delp and some talented freshmen that are coming in, and Lawson Lucky and uh, Pierce Sperlin. So Georgia knows how to use freshman weapons, and y'all know. I mean, you recruit 
really talented players of South Carolina too. The guys come in now much more game ready than they did traditionally in the SEC. A lot of freshmen come in and are ready to go. So there's probably somebody I'm not even mentioning right now that will break out for Georgia in a, a streak or two in a game or two because they're just ready to do that. And uh, in the offensive backfield, Kendall Milton and uh, Branson Robinson kind of have some health concerns coming into the season. They got a little dinged up during the spring. But Dejon Edwards is a guy that is a little – he's the diminutive one in the backfield, but he's shifty and he's tough as well. And running behind that offensive line, it's kind of hard to screw things up. So Georgia's got everything they could they could ask for, really, if you're Mike Bobo, to come in and, and take over this job. Now, Wes, moving to the defensive side of the football, you know, replacing the voids of Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Obviously, that's a top storyline for the dogs. You get Michael Williams, Nazir Stackhouse back to man the edge and the interior. Uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson and uh, Samel Mondone back at linebacker. Keely Ringo gone at corner. Who replaces him? But you do get three starters back in the secondary, including Kamari Lasseter, Javon Bullard, and Malachi Stark. So you talked about a little bit earlier and I look at it this way, Wes, and you kind of talked about Georgia last year on the defensive side. It didn't quite look like that dominant 2021 group. I look at Georgia this way, Wes, is that, yes, they may have questions, what have you. There's a lot coming back, but it's like today's new starters are tomorrow's draft picks. I mean, that's just the way they've recruited. That's the way they've built this program. Give all the credit in the world to Kirby Smart. It feels like you can hang your hat on that Georgia is going to have a dominant defense yet again in 2023. Yeah, that's that's the standard, and uh, it's it's what Kirby Smart expects from his group. When you replace a guy like Jalen Carter, though, you don't do it with one person. You're going to do it almost by committee with several players. But if there's one guy on Georgia's D-line who maybe wasn't talked about a ton last year who I do think is in position to be an individual highlight reel this year, his name's Nazir Stackhouse, and he quietly had a good season last year, did his job, filled the gaps he needed to and helped the guys behind him in Georgia's front seven do what they needed to do to shine. But he is going to be called upon to replace Jalen Carter. And from what we've heard, he's putting together a spring and uh, lead up to this 2023 season that could have him in the first round of the NFL draft as well. Like you said, um, when you look around the rest of the defense, you know, replacing Nolan Smith's going to be tough. Chaz Chambliss has the most experience. But there are other guys that have a lot more upside, uh, like Dara Smith behind him and uh, Marvin Jones Jr. So it's a lot of younger guys that don't have the stats coming into this year that they did last year. And, and that's a certain groups. But then, like I said earlier, there is more experience across the board. So Javon Bullard is the guy who knocked Marvin Harrison Jr. out of that Peach Bowl game. That's what he's known uh, known by according to the uh, Ohio State fan base. But he did a lot more than that last year. If you go back and watch that Tennessee game playing from the star position, he was in Tennessee's backfield all afternoon. Uh, and it's not just cut in coverage. He's going to move over to safety this season, it seems like. He's a tough guy, man. He's from Georgia. And the thing about Georgia right now is they get recruits from all over the country. But I think Kirby Smart loves having the feather in his cap of getting guys out of the state of Georgia still that have that chip on their shoulder, like Stetson Bennett did. And Javon Bullard kind of has that same mentality, but on the defense. So I'm looking for him to be a huge leader on defense and at linebacker, Georgia's always going to be stacked there because that's what Kirby smart 
recruits really well and has since he was at Alabama. Uh, Smile Munden is really an NFL prototypical linebacker who really came on strong to end last season and was the team's leading tacklers kind of through that key stretch of the SEC championship playoff and national championship. So those are guys that I'm looking at kind of circling Nazir Stackhouse, Smile Munden, and Javon Bullard at each layer, each level of the defense that I think will be household names for the dogs in 2023. Now, as we move to special teams, of course, Wes, I'm a South Carolina guy, so we got to talk special teams here. Brett Thorson returns at punter, 45 yards for punt average last year. Jared Zirkle, <clears throat> a new kicker, steps in. Uh, Lad McConkey, Dominic Lovett, top punt returners in the kick returner spot. Probably a couple guys will be in there. Anything stand out to you from the dogs' special teams going into this season? I think the fact that you're not hearing a ton out of Jared Zirkel is probably great news <laughs> because no news is good news when it comes to a new kicker, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough to replace Podlesny. He was pretty solid, pretty consistent. Had a shaky game against Ohio State. People want to point out that Georgia got lucky because Ohio State's kicker missed the last kick. But Leslie missed two in that game, so it kind of evens out. But through his career, man, he was as solid as it gets. And I'm excited to see what Jared Zirkle brings. He's a newer a newer face, and uh, I've met him. He's a nice kid, but does he have that laser-focused ability to kick when the lights are the brightest? That's my question. My question for Georgia is special teams. I don't imagine too many of Georgia's games in the regular season will come down to a big kick. But what if it happens in the SEC championship? What if it happens in the college football playoff? Is Jared Zirkle battle-tested enough to do that? I kind of have the same questions I have at a new kicker position as I do about Carson Beck. Uh, Brett Thorson, though, the Aussie, got a crazy leg. I've watched that Tennessee punt that he nailed within the one-yard line at least once a week. It's a thing of beauty, and... He's a talented guy. He's uh he's strong and he can boom it, man. So on special teams with the return game, Lad McConkey was a little bit uh shaky to end the season. He he kind of dealt with some injuries. Um, so they kind of turned to some other guys, but he's quick, man. He can make moves and make guys miss in a phone booth. So I think as long as he stays healthy and uh, even if he doesn't, you know, there are other players in Georgia's receiving core, like Dylan Bell, who I mentioned earlier, who could be a, a good answer. So we'll see. Um, I, I think all in all, you have enough talent returning that you're not really replacing too much on special teams other than the kicker, of course. So, Wes, as we look at Georgia, 13 starters return, <clears throat> six on the offense, seven on defense. And as you look at this 2023 schedule, you mentioned a soft schedule, and Georgia's caught a lot of hell this offseason for their schedule. Let's go through it. You open up with UT Martin, Ball State, and, of course, Week 3, South Carolina, which we'll get into in a second. That's the SEC opener for the Dogs. You then take on UAB at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Vandy. Uh, the bye week, then you get Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Then you go enter the month of November with Mizzou, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech. Let me ask you this question, Wes. That schedule. I think we all agree it sets up very well. Is the schedule easy because it's truly the easiest schedule in the country, or is the schedule the easiest because Georgia is just that much better than everybody else? I wish that the Oklahoma game that was originally scheduled to start the year was still there. 
And obviously with the move to the SEC, that got wiped off the table. And a lot of people were wondering, why didn't Bama Texas get wiped off? Well, because that game had a home-and-home home return, and it was a neat and tidy package. Georgia wasn't guaranteed a home-and-home home with Oklahoma, so the SEC said, let's just hit restart on this, and we'll kick the can down the road until uh, the Sooners and the Longhorns are in the conference. Okay, So I wish that that game was still there for a couple of reasons, because we wouldn't have to hear as much about how awful Georgia's schedule is, but I also think you learn more about Georgia early in the season. You'd have that benchmark kind of like you had against Oregon. When Georgia blew out Oregon, even with the games where they struggled, you knew the team was legit. I don't know when we'll know whether or not Georgia's legit unless they prove themselves to not be legit against you know an opponent earlier on in the season. To answer your question about is the schedule that bad, or is it just very favorable because Georgia's that good? I think Georgia just is that good. And when you look at the teams on the schedule, they can only play who they play. And then in the conference, if you're not a Georgia fan and you're a fan of a team in the SEC, you don't want to bang that drum too loud because your team is on that schedule, right? <laughs> so I think it sets up well for Georgia for both reasons. I wish the out-of-conference games were a little bit tougher. I think it's when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done just a more rewarding experience for the fans that Oregon game was really fun to watch if you're a Georgia fan last year and you don't really get that this year so we'll see how it goes but yeah I, I think Georgia Georgia should handle it I mean they should they should run the table I, when I look at it today I can't pick a loss it, honestly I just can't pick one does that mean that Auburn on the road won't be tougher than people expect because Auburn's a really tough place to play does that mean that South Carolina won't be a tougher game than people expect because Spencer Rattler last season against Georgia wasn't the Spencer Rattler that ended the season for South Carolina? Uh, obviously, people have that Tennessee game scheduled because it's on Rocky Top, but Ole Miss comes to town too, and Lane Kiffin can really annoy the hell out of you with his offense if his team is clicking on all cylinders there. So, yeah, it sets up really well for Georgia, but that – I'm not naive enough to think that there aren't traps in this schedule where if Georgia doesn't come out and play up to its standard, if they play a game like they played against Missouri, I'm not naive enough to think that Georgia can't drop one either. Yeah, and Wes, for what it's worth, I've picked the dogs <clears throat> to go 12-0, and 8-0 this year, but the two games that do give me pause at Auburn and at Tennessee, I think those are the two that you look at and say – Maybe something weird could happen, but I think at this point, if you're picking Georgia to lose a game, 
you're just trying to make a statement because there is no yeah. reason to do so. Uh, looking specifically at the Week 3 matchup in Athens against South Carolina, weird to think, Wes, this is the last game of the series before we take a break in 2024 with the additions of Oklahoma, Texas, the no more divisions, if you will. This game has been played every year since 1991. Your feelings on the fact that we get no more South Carolina, Georgia, at least on an annual basis beginning next season. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It, it certainly doesn't feel good to me uh, because I've grown up watching that game and and really sweating out a lot of those games and watching Georgia get upset by South Carolina a lot of those times. And sometimes when Spurrier was there, I don't I don't even really know if they were upsets. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel great. Um, and I wish it was still on the schedule because I do value the rivalry. The thing about Georgia you've got you're kind of landlocked by your rivals you got florida to the south auburn and now you know alabama's just become a a spiritual rival to the west and then tennessee and then south carolina uh tennessee to the north and south carolina to the east and that's the thing about being a georgia fan is you've got multiple rivals historically on that sec schedule so to lose any of them is not going to be fun and uh i i kind of hated to see that South Carolina went off the schedule. So this year, we'll see how they end it for now. I guess until they I guess it's more of pressing pause, not not a not goodbye, just see you later. But I don't like it. Yeah, Wes, it is weird. I mean, again, I, I grew up in the CSRA right around Augusta, Georgia. And so I, I grew up with around a lot of Georgia fans, and it was a lot of fun over the years talking crap back and forth to not have this game on the schedule feels strange for sure again back to the ball game west you know the sec opener for both these teams i look at it from the south carolina perspective again to your point west I, I think georgia if right now i had to guess is going to be 24 and a half maybe a 25 26 point favorite in this game they're going to be expected to win by everyone as they should be i think a lot of gamecock fans are looking at this game as sort of a measuring stick game for where the program is in year three under Shane Beamer, which may even be a little bit unfair because I think Georgia's just so head and shoulders above everybody else. But at the same time, I think it'll give the Gamecocks a really good indication of still where they have ways to make progress, if you will. Your thoughts on the game itself and then thoughts on Shane Beamer and the program that South Carolina is building. Obviously, Beamer, a guy who spent time in Athens under Kirby Smart. Well, when I look at the game... I do like that, for South Carolina's sake, I do like that the Gamecocks have a lot of experience up front on the offensive line. And if you're going to do anything to negate what Georgia's going to do from a, a pass rush standpoint against Spencer Rattler, I mean, you got experience under center and you've got experience on the O-line. So I could see South, Carol South Carolina's offense giving Georgia's defense a little bit more trouble than people might expect sitting here when we record uh, early July. So for that, I kind of – I could see, depending on when the game kicks off, how rowdy the fans are. It's the SEC opener, and maybe they'll be a little bit hungry because that schedule is so weak to dial up a really nasty home atmosphere for South Carolina. I could see that being uh, maybe not an advantage for South Carolina, you know, across the board, but – at least being something that gives Georgia trouble. And then on defense, I mean, y'all, South Carolina does have experience as I'm looking. Now I see some redshirt, a redshirt sophomore TJ Sanders at defensive tackle, maybe a little bit young, maybe 
I don't know what kind of stats he put up last year, so I'm just guessing. But, yeah, I mean, when you see guys that are experienced, they've been up against Georgia before. They know what to expect. I think the experience in this game could make South Carolina pretty dangerous. And then thoughts again on just this chain beamer. Obviously, everybody's chasing Georgia, and it's <clears throat> the question is who is the second best team in the SEC East? When you think about the Gamecocks, I mean, Tennessee wants to vouch for that. Kentucky wants to vouch for that. Of course, Florida, Mizzou fighting to get up there. But South Carolina, you're, again, thoughts on Shane Beamer and just what he's building and, and, and that program because they've been on the ascent the last two years. I, I think that what Shane Beamer does at South Carolina is a great tribute to his dad without being Frank Beamer's son, if that makes sense. He learned from him, but he's doing his own thing. He's got an edge about him, but he doesn't focus on the chip on his shoulder too much. He does things his way. You can't, you know, you can't try to take on Kirby Smart and Nick Saban in the SEC by doing exactly what they do. So the edge and the kind of the spirit that Shane Beamer has in his program is different because it has to be, and it's just because it's who he is. He learned from Kirby working for him for a little bit in Athens there um, on that uh, Rose Bowl team in 2017, the national championship runner-up team. So he learned a little bit from Kirby, but has still been able to maintain who he is. And that's what you have to do. I mean, you have to do that in life. You do it in coaching. You have to do with, you have to dance with what brought you there. And that's what Shane Beamer does. And obviously it helps on the recruiting trail. Uh, as I'm looking at the the on three rankings for South Carolina, uh, 15th right now in the 2024 class, but the talent that they've picked up with Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle, Michael Smith at tight end, Wendell Gregory, uh, Mazeo Bennett, that's a pretty that's a pretty talented class, pretty talented group of guys that he's been able to bring in without a ton to show for it in the way of success on the field so I think all you can ask from him is what he's doing he's bringing in talented players and landing talented guys that other schools aren't aren't able to get so on the recruiting side Shane Beamer being who Shane Beamer is is working and on the football field I think it's just bound to work out for him as well West Blankenship of Dogs HQ one of the best in the business yet again West let everybody know where they can find your work yeah, so I work for Dogs HQ, which is a part of the On3 network of uh, team sites and fan sites. So give us a, a check out over there. Um, obviously, there's a South Carolina component there, too. If y'all want to check out what uh, the uh, sorry, if you want to check out what uh, On3 has from a, a South Carolina perspective, you can check out Gamecock Central. Uh, just got to support On3. So check out that if you're a South Carolina fan, which I imagine a lot of y'all are. And then uh, I also kind of on my own time, I work on a site called GoCoffeeTown.com, which celebrates all the really funny and amazing stories of high school football. So invite y'all to check that out as well and submit some of your own stories because I kind of do like a a read of funny stories that people send in to their uh, to me from their own high school histories and, and days and glory days. So that's what I'm up to these days. And it's about to get a lot busier as football gets closer and closer. Thank God. Indeed. Wes, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Let's definitely do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.